Hello and welcome, podcast listener. You have found yourself in hell. This is not the hell your mother warned you about. This is not the hell your father whispered of late at night as the wooden floor of your home creaked. This is a hell of minions. Undulating sacks of yellow flesh, gripping hands and haunting eyes, devilish and of ill repute, they feed on the souls of the lost and the damned. Three of those lost souls have gathered together here, tonight. They are connected by a Skype call and a hole in their hearts. They are dead, as we all will be. God was killed long ago. We did that. For as the PBS Idea Man taught us, we are all minions, and we are all hell. Now flee, children. Flee and survive. Run to your home and hold your mother as she once held you. For that is all you have to grip to now in this hellscape we find ourselves. This hellscape of blue, yellow, and brown. Only the strong will survive, and you are clearly not that strong. You are weak and a fool. Life is fleeting, and it is fleeting now. Turn this podcast off, and then turn your phone off. Then throw it into a river. Move out of town. Get a sensible job. Find someone to love, and then die. Or listen to this podcast and suffer a fate worse than death. You have been warned of the consequences, and the consequences are dire. But if you wish to continue, prepare to meet a world of death. Welcome, one and all, to Minions on Fleet, the special Minions podcast. I'm Alan Black. We've got my co-host, Monty, Lenore. Hey. We are the three biggest Minion fans that that are, or ever will be, and we're here to talk to you about the Minions movie. Okay, I've got a question. Yes. So, um, what do we call fans of Minions? I'm thinking just Minions is fine. Yeah, Minions. Um, Minions, Minions works. The group. I was about to say Minions, like Maniacs or something, but that, that's stupid. <laughs> the min, the the Gru crew is pretty good too. But like, the crew is good. I like that. Yeah, but but, um, but Gru is not really in this movie. He is. No, well, he is. Well, don't spoil it. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later. But uh, I guess before we get into our in-depth summary, do you guys want to talk a little bit about your personal experiences in seeing the Minions movie on opening day in the theater? Okay, hold on. Can I start this with how Minions even became a thing with us? Yes. yes I want, I want to, yeah, we should give this background. Okay, so I remember seeing all these Minion, minion quotes on uh, Facebook. There's this girl I'm friends with. Her name's Kara, whatever. And she, you know, unironically shared these Minion quotes. And it happened a while back, but then mm-hmm. I randomly remembered they were a thing. And so I, you know, being the good friend I am to Eleanor, decided to share a bunch of these quotes <laughs> on, on her page. 
the minion quotes, and then she started doing it on Twitter, and I started doing it on Twitter. And eventually, the advertising campaign started for the Minions movie, and we were left um, with everybody asking us why we had brought on such a terrible thing across every nation of the world. Yes. And now, see, it's, it's a horrible coincidence because we didn't know the Minions movie was a thing. <laughs> Well, you see, I did, and my involvement in this was mainly, at first, to just force Monty to commit to his brand. I told him if he made this bed, he must fucking minion it. <laughs> but then, as time went on, I started to gain an appreciation for the minions, unironically. Maybe ironically? I don't know. But an appreciation nonetheless. Whatever happened, I knew that I wanted to see this horrible beast that we had created until the very end. Yes, I feel like this is, we've, we've been gestating this in our collective womb. For about nine months now, we have to give birth to this awful, awful monstrosity. Like, like the Make a Minion Baby game, fun game that's out there. It's kind of like that. It's pretty good. Although, uh, the creator did say that none of the minions are girls. So, they're, they're too dumb to be. Yeah. Uh, must, uh, Miss Andrew much? Miss Andrew is the minion. So, yeah, Pierre Coffin. I would put him in a coffin. But anyway, so we all went to go see it on opening day. So, Lenore, you were at an anime, uh, thing during this, weren't you? Yep, you bet. I was, um, I don't think it was opening day, but I wanted to coincide with you guys going to see the Minions movie as much as I possibly could. And I had quite a lot of money on me, and it was an evening in London where I had nothing else in particular planned except from joking about going to see the Minions movie. And there happens to be a cinema directly in the O2. So when I saw that the Minions movie happened to be airing on that particular day, surrounded by my lovely friends who are also very big fans of Minions, it seemed like the only thing that I could possibly fill an evening with. It was perfect. Great. We had mm. a great time. Also, she uh, almost got arrested for oh, oh, God. Yeah, she wanted to share this with everybody, and that's illegal, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> now, now, what about you, Mom? Okay, so... I've been pretty hyped about the memes, of course. As everyone knows. Very mm. And um just just on Facebook just going, Hey, does anyone watch the Minions movie? And then my friend my dear friend Julian at Jewbear seven twenty is like, Yeah, you know, I, I got this. Because one time during we were playing Splatoon, we kept making mini jokes. We kept going, Minions on fleek. And, and then <laughs> yeah, we kept making these jokes. But then this one girl I used to be friends with, but we still kinda talk. She's like, Hey, I'm gonna go to the Minions movie too. So we all a, a trio of us went to the Minions movie. But beforehand, Julian and I went to Walmart. Got some Minion goggles, Minion banana, nice. uh, band-aids. And, um, well, you were going for a Canelli look. Yeah, we went, <laughs> yeah, I had the band-aids on my face, the Minion goggles, and they got, Minions, they got the Minion slushies, I got the Minion candies. We were set. And the girl was dressed like a Minion, she had a Minion shirt, she went and bought a Minion shirt for this. Alyssa, mm -hmm. it was good. Alright. Mine was a little bit, not as interesting as either one of yours. I just went with my little brother, and I had him drive because I got a, I got cider at the theater, and I paid $6 for a well, relatively small glass of cider, and I took a sip every time they said banana. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was my personal drinking game. So I, I did a similar thing with Paul Blart, except I drank every time I wanted to die. I had some kind of uh, alcoholic cranberry drink, and I didn't think I needed it to enjoy the film, but it was good oh, to have by my side. Yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes like to take the edge off, just relax, kick back. <laughs> yeah. Minions. You know what I mean? All right. So for let's go ahead and recap the plot here. So 
we at the very beginning we have that sort of opening sequence where it shows the evolution of the minions from single celled little organisms crawling out of the primordial ooze. Uh, they will go work for a, a T-Rex, a caveman, uh, some Egyptian dudes, Dracula, which is strange. Geo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why does he exist? I don't, I don't get that, but that's whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then Napoleon. And so the thing is that they're very bad at being henchmen and they wind up killing all the people they work for and they wind up shooting Napoleon with a cannonball. And then here's where I'm a bit unclear of what happened. Um, they, they shoot Napoleon, presumably at Waterloo, and then they go to Antarctica or the North Pole. I'm not really sure. How That's, did they get there? Well, hey, the, the, that whole sequence was amazing. I laughed so hard. It was great. <laughs> I kept laughing because <laughs> the minions kept horribly killing their bosses in like disturbing ways, like actual death. There was a lot of death in that movie. A lot <laughs> of violence. A lot of people died in this movie. One of my favorite scenes, my probably my favorite scene, was involved a lot of death. But so how did they get to Antarctica or the North Pole? Well, I felt like they, I mean, they obviously did this to avoid the world wars, you know? Yeah. Oh, so you, oh, because the, this is something that people have been asking on social media for weeks now, is did the minions work for Hitler? And of course the answer is no, because I guess they, Waterloo was in, what, 18, 1814 or something? 1812? Part of yeah, me so would not be, part of me would not be surprised if, um, the Minions movie itself was made solely so they could um, cancel out this claim that people make. <laughs> I think so. I think people have been saying for a long time, I bet the Minions worked for Hitler. And yeah. Peter Coffin, the voice of the Minions and the director, said, I need to end this. This needs. I need to get the message out there that the Minions never worked for Hitler. And they, and hid, in, they hid in a cave and just were really depressed, like super sad. They oh were God. super depressed. There was like a line for a therapist Minion that was like yeah. riding around this, this column of ice. It was weird. And they did that for, what, a hundred and something years? So, uh, yeah. So in 1968, uh, they are so depressed that Kevin, who I guess is the leader of their tribe or something, he's, decides to go find He's him. certainly an alpha when it comes to the minion um Yes, he has a real personality. So he learned that in the game by Neil Strauss. Uh, so... He, he gets together, him, Stuart, who's this sort of uh, lazy teenager type guy with a guitar, and then Bob, who's just... See, the thing I don't get about Bob, is he is he just pretending to be a child, or is he actually younger than the Minions? Because yeah, they're all... I think he's now, not taking it. You think he... Do you think he's like a like an adult baby diaper life type? <laughs> Maybe. He's just like... Do you think this is like his fetish or something? Or I don't Lenore, know. Lenore described Bob as the Moe archetype. Oh, he's very Moe. He's Moe by helplessness. Oh, yeah, definitely. Japan loves yeah. the Minions, by the way. They're huge in Japan. <laughs> they're huge everywhere. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, they're all over all every continent. Uh, so anyway, so they get the three of them somehow get away from Antarctica and make it to New York City. Uh, so as soon as they get there, or pretty quickly, they find some weird overalls that are hanging off of a clothesline. Um, that just happened to fit. I think it's at this point it's revealed that Stuart wears a thong, uh, <laughs> which is a bit of a strange choice. Uh, this also shows that minions have butts. They have to cater to all audiences. Yeah. Um, the one thing that my brother asked is when they were in the Antarctic caves, they had weird brass goggles. But whenever they get to New York, they have like the normal steel 
goggles. Where did they get those at? I think it would have been a long journey, and um, maybe they would have, I don't know, found the materials along the way. I I think they probably would have had time to construct them or you know, something. Stopped, yeah. What if it was they're they were so cold under the ice they just changed colors when they went out in the open? Oh, perhaps ah. that's not. Perhaps they're the same. But what has really developed is a sort of patina on the outside of their metal goggles. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I could buy that. Uh, they wander around inside of like a um, oh, well, Stuart hits on a Stuart hits on a fire hydrant, which is <laughs> which raises a lot of questions. Doesn't he go papagaina or something like that? Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, so he wants to fuck a fire hydrant. Stuart, I think, is clearly the horniest of the bunch. But this raises a couple questions. The minions are basically immortal, so we're led to believe. Uh, they, I don't think they've really changed since they were single cell organisms. So you'd think they wouldn't reproduce at all or reproduce asexually, but Stuart really wants to fuck a fire hydrant. Well, if he wants to fuck a fire hydrant, then I don't think he's really going to get anywhere. So it's not going to pose much of a threat to expanding the population or anything. No, but he has some sort of biological impulse to fuck a fire hydrant, I'm guessing. Uh, I've I've read on Tumblr where asexuals, sometimes they want to fuck things. Maybe the, you know what that's yeah. cool. You can fuck things for a not. Maybe he just wants to. Maybe they minions could jerk off. You maybe know, he's just brain. lonely. Maybe he seeks a uh, romantic company. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he just wants a romantic thing with a fire maybe hydrant. He's not mm. Maybe he's just yeah. Why would you just wants just wants a friend? That's true. I was just I was going at this from some sort of biological determinist pr- perspective, but that's maybe you're right. the minion here. Hmm. Maybe we're all minions. Uh, <laughs> we are. Um, so anyway, so he wants to fuck a fire hydrant. There's a weird thing with a lady in a banana dress, and I think Bob accidentally gets in a cab at some point or something. They wind up getting inside of like a department store, and there's a weird scene where they're watching the dating game, and the people on the dating game are named Stuart, Kevin, and Bob, <laughs> and they're like human. They're human representations of the minions, which is odd. And they're watching that, and before before the, we can find out who the lady picked. Uh, there's a weird something fucks up with the antenna, and then they try to fix it or Stuart whatever. Gets on top of it the... Stuart gets on top of it because he's really upset and he really wants to know if this lady will fuck him or not. And <laughs> he he does something weird, and then they like get they get the special villain channel, uh, and then they hear about Villain Con in uh, Orlando, Florida, and then they decide ah that's where they have to find their next boss. So then they set out to go do that. They try hitchhiking, and there's some hilarious physical comedy gags. They don't get very far with it until what was it Kevin walks out in the middle of the road with a sign, and he almost gets run over by a family uh, in a, a station wagon, and then it's revealed that the family are all bank robbers. That was so, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Did you like that scene? I like that scene a lot. Is that what got, that kind they of, all put that's, on that's what, set me up. that's what got me into the Minions movie. That that scene, like oh, this is a little bit this is a little bit darker. This is something I as an adult can appreciate. These kids might not get it. Like they went robbed. Was it a bank? I think it was a bank. Yeah, it was a bank. And the cops yeah, were chasing bank. after them. And the minions, this the family minions has weapons. Like 50 cops. <laughs> they take out a, a bazooka uh-huh. and uh, shoot at the cops on accident. They didn't mean to. No. And uh, presumably, they, maybe they, I think they killed the cops because they didn't show them, you know, alive. This scene is actually something that got me thinking about the messages of the minions movie. Like, mm-hmm. 
even though the minions are supposed to be evil, they seem to have a lot to say about the ideas of good and bad and morality and stuff, because even the people that they meet, the hitchhiker criminals, they're quite nice to villains. It seems like they show compassion to people who are um, also quite evil, but at the same time, they're, they're so good. It's Yeah, that family follows them throughout the rest of the movie and cheers them on at every step. Mm. That's like, the dad's pretty cool. He's a cool guy. That is really cool. Also, did you see the license plate? It says, love to rob. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh... I think this is really about moral relativism. Shades of Grey. It's a very uh, Alan Moore Watchmen-esque. Mm. Uh, Fifty Shades of Banana. Yes. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. I've got it. Yes. Oh, that's good. I know. Oh, man, you ought to write that. Also, uh, I you will. Fuck the police accidentally too loud when that happened. I can never... <laughs> and there's kids, there's kids behind us, and I felt really bad. <laughs> okay, so here's the weird thing. So I went to an 11-10 showing of this movie. There were... I thought... Nobody would take their children to go see this at 11 at night. There were maybe about 10 kids in there and parents for those kids. So maybe about 20 other people in the theater total. Why, who takes their, their kids to go see something so late at night? Really cool parents. Really cool parents. That's it. They might have busy schedules. Uh, maybe. Very busy schedules. Yeah. What if, Alan, out. what if the parents are really busy people? And, you know, they yeah. They work to provide for the kids. By taking them to go see this movie, they must see. Yeah. Yes. You're right, you're right. This is a this is a real necessity and they have to take these kids to go see this opening day. Uh <laughs> also, did you guys go in early enough to see all the trailers for like other movies? Oh yes. Uh, I didn't know there's so many like kid movies, like there's a lot of kid movies. You kinda of forget about that. I was too busy buying popcorn, I'm sorry. I had to have oh, the optimal experience. And I since I was playing a drinking game I couldn't even drink my cider to wash down the pop. It it had been a really, really long time since I've been to a cinema, so I got the large popcorn, and let me tell you, I wasn't expecting that much popcorn. I got a large, too, because I usually don't eat popcorn. There. I had those I awful buckets where you can refill your popcorn. I felt so much popcorn. It was awful. <laughs> a lot of popcorn. It was, like, bigger uh, than my body. So, it. Uh, so anyway, they wind up they wind up getting to the, uh, to the villain villain con the villain convention apparently there's some sort of i've never seen any of the other despicable me movies i'm really just in it for the minions same apparently they meet, they meet a young dr nefario who is that he was hey, lenore have you watched any of the despicable me movies i haven't i'm sorry okay um he's in the first minions movie he's like, kind of like the old man uh-huh. he's like yeah he's like the old man on the um He's an old dude. <laughs> he, he like rides around on a like a he like oh, he helps, like he helps Gru, yeah he helps Gru with his like adventures. Huh. I don't recall him in the in the convention, but he was there according to Wikipedia. There was a very disturbing scene in the convention where a guy kills himself um, via time travel. Oh god, I remember that. That was amazing because they're all working together and it, like, yeah. it bumps the guy's head and he falls yeah, he, down into a limp like he limp 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 dead body falls down like oh god yeah. we killed the original yeah he had got he every time he traveled to the future he brought a future version of himself back to help him with his stuff so he had all these duplicates of himself there and then they killed the original and his body went limp like a rag doll and then all of them started screaming and running around until they blinked out of existence and the minions just stand there slack jawed <laughs> this is not a family friendly movie beyond the surface they're laughing at yeah, all the kids loved it. The kids loved that shit. 
uh, I think kids need to see this kind of darkness because it exists in the world. I think this is a really educational film. Um, so anyway, they get there and then they get the, they kind of like ring uh, a bell. Yes, like oh god, exactly like that. Um, I remember that one part where uh, where Bob had where Bob like uh, killed the wolf that killed his mom. And then, uh, <laughs> that he tried was to come back to Antarctica, but the minions didn't recognize him. Uh, can can you stop? I'm getting emotional. I, I don't want to think about the minions this way. Oh, no. Another thing about, speaking of Bob, did you notice that one of his eyes is a different color than the other? Kind oh, of. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's very strange. I don't know. Just to set him apart, do you think he's like the David Bowie of minions? It's a backstory that they're probably going to go into in the sequel, in my opinion. I think so. I think we'll learn more about the minion genetics, more about the background. Mm. Uh, maybe, oh, you know what? Well, we can talk sequel ideas later, but Young Gru and the Minions. Young Gru is also my rapper name. <laughs> so, okay. So they go to the main event and, uh, oh, yeah, so they go to the main event and they see Scarlet uh, Overkill, who's this, the world's first, I think, female supervillain who sort of uh, worked her way up from being like a poor child on the streets. Uh, and she has, she will offer a job as a henchman to anybody who can steal this weird red, like, diamond-looking thing from her hands. Do you mean a ruby? So, it was a ruby, but it, I guess it was a ruby, right? Yeah. Mm. It was weird. And she, keeps, uh, she, she beats up a lot of people. It was a really she good beats up, like, a million people. Like, all these weird monster men, like a fish man who shows up later, like, big, beefy wrestler dudes, a sumo man. They all run up, and she just, like, beats them all up and has a rocket dress, and some weird shit happens. Isn't this, isn't this where Kevin has some kind of weird romantic fantasy about her? Yes, he yeah, does. Yeah. Was, it, was it Kevin? Yeah, it was Kevin. Oh, no, it was definitely Kevin. Yeah. I think it's Stuart, but it was Kevin. No, no, no. Kevin, see, Stuart's horny for fire hydrants. Kevin is is horny for providing for his, his people, his tribe. <laughs> his tribe. Yes. Uh, so he has a weird fantasy that has like a weird heart silhouette around it. And it's all in soft. Like filter on. It's very strange. Also, the the but, way to get the ruby is that uh, they're in the mess. Uh, also, uh, Bob has this little teddy bear he carries around everywhere. He, the, does Tim? the teddy bear have a name? Oh, it's Tim. Tim. Tim was the teddy bear. Yeah, it. It Bob just like ate it, so it was like a weird boar thing where like he coughs up the ruby. Mm. Yeah. So she wound up Scarlet Overkill wound up wound up having the the teddy bear, and then he ate the ruby, and then he coughed it up. She was very impressed with all of them and hired them on the spot. Uh, and then there was a, a strange scene of them flying in her. What exactly was her rocket plane supposed to be? Oh, it was like a Zed or something. You think it was? Uh, maybe. I don't really know. It looked like a lightning bolt boot thing. I don't know what it was. It looked like a, yeah. yeah, it looked like a, like a leg boot lightning bolt. I don't really know. That iconography never showed up in any of our other stuff, so I didn't really know what it was supposed to be. I spent a lot of time thinking about it, though. It was very strange looking. But also on the plane, Stuart drinks a martini. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was a thing that happened. Um, which raises a question. Minions are more or less invincible. Do you think they can get drunk? Or are they immune to poison? Mm. They do get drunk. Because they, they do drunk. get, pa- they do pass out when they got knocked out on one plane. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just didn't know if they had like a Wolverine type thing going on or something. Uh, and then Kevin calls, the minions back in Antarctica. There's a weird montage of them playing sports but being sad. Yeah. Um, and then some Yetis show up, and then they start working for the Yetis, and they put on like a musical number for them. So, whatever. Uh, <laughs> they get 
they get to England. Um, Lenore's hometown. Yes, the hometown of England. Um, and for some reason, Scarlet Overkill has a palatial estate, a presumably square right there in the middle of London, I guess, um, and a giant Scrooge McDuck-style mansion. Uh, they land in it. They meet her husband, Herb, voiced by uh, Mad Men's John Hamm, who is a very horny man. He is the best character. No, Skull Over Kills good. was the best. But she was on so many drugs, I think. She was yeah. so, so lit. It was 1968, to be fair. Yeah, I guess everybody was. The very first scene was kind of awkward, because they're kind of all over each other in that scene. And the yeah. minions are just kind of stand. <laughs> the minions are all of us, and they're just standing there <laughs> watching, watching them kind of just make out there, and we don't really know what's going on. The weird part about the minions is that, like, the world, because animation is, you know, 3D animation has became, you know, so good-looking now. Mm-hmm. And then they're the minions. It's like, in that <laughs> world, it's just so... It's like kind of uncanny. Like, look at these little assholes. Look at these little, little fucking Twinkie dudes just bouncing around here. Little pill guys. I don't get it. It's but Herb is so horny, and it's kind of unsettling. Uh, I think he's like smoked a bunch of weed or something before Wait, he. His name is Herb. So his name is Herb. He's all like a dick. <laughs> Fuck. That's a. That's something that you, the kids won't get, but us as adults. That's a joke for us adults watching this for parents at home. Uh, so. That's, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why she lives in England because she doesn't have a British accent. So I guess she just moved there to steal the crown or something. She has a weird infatuation with the queen and her crown. But that, that, is, and I, yeah. that kind of comes yeah. with the territory when you're English or you like England. All we do is think about the queen here nonstop. Yeah, it's just queen have and Sherlock. Over there. Sorry? Have you ever seen the crown? Uh, not with my own eyes, no. Someday. Oh. You, know, you went, never went to the weird museum with the old guy and the and all that other weird shit? No. Also, they get right into it. Like, they don't mess around. They go right to... No, she tells them a bedtime story. Oh, of course. Uh, a bedtime story. Herb gives them some weird weapons. He gives Bob these weird extendo arms and leg things. Uh, Kevin gets the, the lava lamp gun that just shoots lava. I don't know what the lamps are for. Uh, and then Stuart gets this weird beanbag hat that hypnotizes people and glows. And then immediately she sends them off to go get uh, the crown uh, from the queen. And they, the way they do this is they try to buy a ticket, but the lady at the little booth doesn't let them because they're too small or something. <laughs> so then they stack up on top of each other and pose as a woman. And there's a very strange scene where uh, the, Kevin, I guess, is the is the center bit, and then Bob's on top, I think. I think. Uh, and I think I've uncovered a plot hole. Right. You remember the scene in Scarlet Overkill's um, airplane or whatever she was spiraling or whatever? Uh, Stuart has a martini, right? Uh-huh. If they can't get into um, the Tower of London, then how did he get served a martini? Oh, it's a private plane. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm, maybe. No, She's a criminal. Is there no, no laws in the air? Yeah. No, it's like international waters. There's no laws in international waters, and there's no laws in the air. Nice. So, also, I've been served drinks on planes, and they haven't carded me. Maybe it's because I'm an old man. So, I don't know. But, uh, but also, they're very tiny, and I guess maybe Scarlet Overkill knows that they're very old, so she can give them drinks, but this, this lady at the booth doesn't. So, they dress up as a woman. There's a weird thing where they lift up the shirt, part of her shirt, 
turns into Kevin's eyes and it looks like boobs, kind of strange. And then like, which proves my theory that minions are thoughts. Minions are thoughts. <laughs> and then Stuart's eyes, like part of a weird belt buckle crotch area thing. It's very upsetting. And they kind of just like stumble around and then they get inside the building and then Stuart uses his weird hypnotizing helmet to hypnotize the guards and then make them do a weird striptease dance with him. Um, they're like rocking out and like have super long hair. And they're just yeah, naked. they all like take off their hats and there's weird hair. It's like the musical hair and that they all almost get naked and they're just dancing around. And then they just walk past those guys and then go upstairs and then there's an old man. And he kind of beats him up for a while, and then some weird shit happens, and they fall he hits down him the, things. He hits him in the balls, and they're like, ah, we're He hits Kevin in the balls. Him. Yeah, he hits Kevin in the balls, and he screams, and then he just looks down and laughs, because he's impervious to that, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and then some hijinks happen. They wind up getting sucked down the stupid tube thing, and then uh, they steal the crown, and then everybody chases after them. I forget who has the crown originally, but they jump in Queen Elizabeth's like carriage or whatever. And she's like punching them. And then there's a weird chase sequence. I think Bob goes into a sewer and finds that rat for, for some reason. His, his, his good friend. The rat was pretty cool. Mm. The rat was pretty chill. And then they, there's a weird, there's a delightful chase sequence, uh, that ends with them landing in a, well, I guess it's just a public park. Uh, they, the carriage crashes against a tree and then, uh, the cops are, are closing in on Bob and he pulls Excalibur out of a stone. I guess it's just sitting in this park. And that means that he becomes the king of England. So, yeah. Um, Lenore, I don't know anything about England. But do you think this, what we've seen of it, especially in that chase sequence, was particularly accurate? Um, I think it was all pretty accurate. I can't say so the that... Where the cops are driving around drinking tea while driving and chasing criminals. That's, that's all we do all day. The stereotypes are true. Yeah. I, don't worry, I did make a face day night joke in the theater of Latin. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is uh, uh, Saber is King Arthur, and she has Excalibur as her sword. Oh, so Bob's okay. Honestly, so, I never uh, made the connection until I read Excalibur like a moment ago, and I feel like I've really missed an opportunity right now. <laughs> but that, but so is this? Is Excalibur supposed to just be in a random like public park that anybody can walk up to, or wasn't it supposed to get thrown in a lake anyway, or something? What's um, the deal with that thing? I'm wondering if they did their research, because I'm actually not sure. I've been to London, yeah, but know. I've never seen it. I don't know where it is. To be fair, it's, yeah, a, French movie. it's a French movie. So. Ah. It's a French movie. But you've been to London, right? So you've seen this. this. <laughs> hmm. What a mystery. Uh, well, maybe we'll never know. But I think we should investigate research on our own. So Bob becomes the king for, I think it was probably about a day. Uh, he gives a delightful speech and then drops a microphone. Um, he gives a mic drop. Uh, I believe that was tweeted, hashtag Minions Mic Drop, on the <laughs> Minions uh, Twitter account, which you should all follow, uh, by the way. Uh, there's a weird scene of them, some weird hijinks in the, um, I guess it's Buckingham Palace. I don't really know. Do they have the dogs? They have all the... Um, the, the corgis, right? The, the queen likes those little, those little stumpy dogs. Right? Pretty Is that dark. her deal? Yeah, Bob was riding a corgi. It was pretty cool. Yeah, they're like playing like croquet or something on them. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that happens. Then Scarlet Overkill busts. Oh, no, hold on. There was the scene where Stuart takes two fire hydrants into a jacuzzi and he's wearing a thong <laughs> and he's just kissing them in a, in a jacuzzi. So that that's a thing. Um, I don't remember what Kevin was doing this entire time. Probably just being a nerd. 
And then Scarlet Overkill busts in, and she gets really upset that, that Bob stole the crown from her. And then Bob just like whatever, and then he gives it to her, and uh, and she plans her coronation. But the minions get led down to a dungeon where they're tortured by Herb, who doesn't do a very good job of torturing them because I guess they can't really be tortured. And then partway through, he just kind of like plays around and takes selfies with them. Um, so that's weird. They go to the coronation, but they, the minions escape the dungeon through a sewer and wind up getting on top of the church and almost killing her with a chandelier. Uh, so the chandelier um, thing doesn't happen towards the end, right? What? That happens towards the end of the story. No, that happens during the coronation, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, that happens. A bunch of... There's a weird thing... Is it a bee on the chandelier that they're running away from? I was really scared during that scene. Like, oh god, they're gonna kill Scarlet. It was nerve-wracking. It was like about ten minutes long, it felt like. And they're running around in the chandelier, unscrewing and screwing it back on. And I never understood why Scarlet Overkill was so angry. Like, she got angry so fast, she didn't, like, try to understand. Yeah, like, Bob gave him the crown back, and then she, like, immediately wanted them dead. Even though they did what she uh, hired them to do. And then... I mean, I guess I can understand why she got angry at them almost killing her. Uh, so the chandelier falls down on her, uh, and then of all the villains that were attending their uh, the coronation, including the oh, I guess they didn't ch- chase after them, but the bank robbing family was there. I think they all start I think you chasing. got some continue. I think you got it a little mixed up. What happened? Because okay, they give her the, they give her the crown. Yes. And she's like, okay, thanks, and then she puts him in the dungeon thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, 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 I think you already talked about that, but Herb's there. Yeah, he does a shitty job torturing them, and then they take some selfies and shit. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it was pretty fun. And then the coronation happened, and then the villains chased her, chased them right after. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, they they almost dropped the chandelier on them, on uh, Scarlet. It doesn't kill her. She like flies out of there in her rocket dress, and then all the minions, or then all the villains chase the minions down the street. They capture Stuart and Bob. Kevin goes into a bar and meets the Queen of England, who's drinking and arm wrestling dudes. That was, uh, that was a pretty good scene. I don't know if that's what Queen Elizabeth was it really like. I wasn't around in the sixties. It was nice to see her getting into the heart of British culture, at the very least. It's drinking. all about drinking and arm wrestling. Just drinking and arm wrestling, beating dudes. Yeah. So is um, this, this is, so is this bring up the fact is Minions feminist? I'd say so. Take that. Take that. Portion. All right. Let's go back to the Minions. Yeah. Let's see. So, Scarlet says that they will ex- she will execute Stuart and Bob if he doesn't return, if Kevin doesn't get back there by, like, what is it, dawn? Uh, Kevin breaks into Herb's lab- laboratory and then gets locked in this weird chamber, uh, and it turns him into a giant, and he winds up destroying the mansion, and he stomps around town for a while. Uh, oh, that scene was also nerve-wracking, because I was like, don't press this button. Don't press, press this, don't button. press this lever, don't, don't blow in this thing. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of things like that where the, the minions, the film is setting up some sort of tension that things the minions shouldn't do, but they do it anyway. Simultaneously, all the minions, the minions in Antarctica had killed their Yeti masters uh, accidentally by doing like a weird song and dance number that collapsed like a stalactite that fell on the Yeti's head and immediately just killed him. And then all the other Yetis got very into Yes. So they all leave, uh, and then they go to, they try to get, go to the UK, but they accidentally land in Australia. And then there's a weird montage of them traveling around the world. And at some point they take a bridge from Australia to India, which shouldn't, I don't, I don't think that exists. They make a minion bridge. 
This film really messed with my ideas of geography. And I thought yeah. they were going to appropriate Indian culture, but they didn't. They just danced. No, they they just danced. It was kind of cool. They didn't like put a they didn't put like a bindi on or anything like that. Yeah, it was fine. They take that Coachella. Um, <laughs> so, so somehow they they eventually get to England. Uh, they get there around the same time as Giant Kevin stomping around. Uh, let's see. So Giant Kevin stomping around. Scarlet Overkill's wearing her weird rocket dress and flying around, and she pulls out like a giant gun. And also, she has like emo hair too at one point. It's pretty cool. Yeah, she after she fall after she gets hit by the chandelier, she has like crazy hair. It's kind of hot. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I think we I can all agree on that. Me. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> now this action sequence, I can't rem- remember exactly what happened in it because it was all going by so fast. Oh, I she think- shoots a missile. She shoots a missile at Kevin, right? Oh, hold on. Okay, so the Stuart and um, Bob are tied up, of course, to the bombs. Uh-huh. And Kevin goes and wants to go take, like, because he's huge. He's a giant. Yes. He goes to go grab set out the bombs. And, yeah, he grabs them and there's, like, all the bombs are on his string. <laughs> and so he, he, like, just trying to blow out. And how does he stop the bombs again? Just by... Oh, no, 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 wait. Yeah, they're min... So they're all tied to, a f- there's like a big fuse and they're all tied to a string. And he tries to blow it out, but he doesn't. And then doesn't he, he eats it. He open a giant, no, he opens a giant fire hydrant and it looks oh, like he's God. pissing on <laughs> I remember. Yeah. yeah. And he puts out the fuse that way. Yes. And I, then I think we were all afraid there. Yeah. I, I'm glad that Piss has followed me into this movie as well. <laughs> um, so that happens. And then, uh, and then Scarlet Overkill starts shooting at them, uh, or she shoots a missile at Kevin and he, like, catches it with his hands and then he eats it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, then, yeah. And then he chases them down and they, and, like, he grabs onto her dress rocket before the bomb goes off or whatever. It, it reminds me of the Batman movie. Remember Batman? The... Oh, yeah, where he flies the bomb out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> yeah. and it explodes? Yeah. It's exactly like that because the bomb is inside of him and she says it'll go it'll go off and destroy the whole city or something like that. And she's just going to fly away in the rocket. And he latches onto her dress and flies up in the air and there's a huge explosion. And we think that Kevin's dead, but then he comes and sits back down on his giant pair of pants. Um... Like a, like a parachute, which raises the question, when he got turned giant, his pants and everything else turned giant, but when he shrank back down to normal size, he was wearing underwear, which he doesn't need to wear, because we see a minion naked. Also, he did blow up. He blew up. Um, he blew up. So does that raise the question that minions are like phoenixes? I think they're like, they just can't die. Well, I think they're him? incredibly resilient. I think he died and came back like instantly. Like oh, a really? Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because he blew up. He blew up. That's the thing that happened. He did blow up. We didn't see chunks of him fly anywhere or him burn up in pieces. We just saw a big explosion. He just disintegrated instantly. I feel like minions have probably died in the past for them to be afraid that Kevin has died in the first place. Because, I mean, we don't know, like, the specifics of minion reproduction, but they have been in Antarctica, like, surrounded by only themselves for thousands of years. So... There are probably some minions there who don't know that much about the concept of death outside of how it applies to the minion race itself. Well, I remember they said Kevin left because if he didn't, like, save get a big, like, a dom for them, <laughs> they would disappear <laughs> yes. of sadness. Yeah, the minions are all subs. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. I guess the minions have some sort of like weird parasitic relationship with like their their hosts or some sort of weird symbiotic thing. Do you think they get they're fed off of, like of like approval or being dom? Do you think that's their life source? No, they eat because they like bananas. I mean, they do. But Remember they got they, hungry. They got really hungry on the boat and imagined each other's bananas. But do you think they? Yes, they did. Yes. But do you think they also need like, a, like a daddy dom or mommy dom to to be their, to be there, or else they will die? Uh, it's another sort of thing that they need. I think they get very depressed, like we saw in the beginning of the oh, movie. Think maybe, maybe if they didn't find a boss, they'd all kill themselves or something. <laughs> mm. Or they would just like, or they would effectively die, and they would just wander out into the wastes and freeze. Well, remember there was a minion in snow at one point. Yeah, there was. They picked up the minion. So either it's assumed he just right like he's in front and found snow, or he was just there forever and they picked him up. I don't know. I don't really know about these minions. I think we need to write a letter. Um, but anyway, Kevin doesn't die. He sails back down on his giant pants, and then there's a big ceremony where uh, the queen, who has got her crown back again now that Scarlet and them exploded in the air, uh, gives them give presents to Bob, Stuart, and Kevin. Uh, she gives a little tiny crown. Uh, for Bob, and doesn't she get one for his teddy bear too? Or was it his rat? For the rat, yeah. The rat gets a crown too. So he's a real rat king. Um, <laughs> Stuart gets an electric guitar, uh, which he probably. Hold on, isn't uses... there a Modest Mouse song called Rat King? Uh, rat King is a thing where, uh, in medieval folklore, uh, I think specifically, or is an ancient urban legend type deal, where if you had enough rats in the area, it was believed that their tails would get tangled together. And they would walk around as one giant mass and grow together. That's a rat king. I was thinking uh, about Little King John from Rat Boy Genius when you said that. <laughs> I'm always thinking of Little King John from Rat Boy Genius. Yeah. Um, but Stuart gets an electric guitar, which he uses to play the opening guitar riff from Hot for Teacher by Van Halen, <laughs> which was written in the 80s, so that's cool. So you think he goes on to become Van Halen? No, I think is a young Eddie Van Halen was watching this performance okay. and stole it, kind of like uh, how in Back to the Future, Marty McFly goes back in time and steals uh, rock and roll from Chuck Berry. And steals his mom's virginity. <laughs> yes. And fucks, wait, he doesn't fuck his mom in that movie. <laughs> Which version it's, did it's you kind see? Of, kind of like Terminator, I guess. Nobody fucks their mom in Terminator either. I know. I know. <laughs> Nobody fucks their mom in movies, Monty. That's not a thing that happens. Anyways... The three guards are there, still dancing. So, what if they're just dancing the whole time? Do you think that's their? They've been cursed to this eternal dancing. <laughs> yeah, they're just <laughs> dancing naked with their hair. I really love those scenes. Those were like the moments where I thought, "I'm glad that I've spent forty pounds this evening on coming to see the Minions movie." I don't know how much that is, but it sounds like a lot. Uh, okay, okay, hold on. Let's let's break this around the price. So, you bought your ticket. Did you buy you two other tickets or just one other ticket? Um, right. I um I owed someone money because uh, I was already staying with them in the hotel, so I ended up paying for their ticket, and they were going to pay me back or something. I think it was like ten pounds for each person's ticket, and on top of that, I bought like about ten pounds worth of popcorn and drinks because England is expensive and awful. Yeah, that's pretty expensive here too. Yeah, I spent seventeen dollars on so a, a large popcorn. It's a night. Oh, you bought a popcorn. Uh, my friend had a little popcorn thing, so I was able to just a little bit. Well, see, I don't know how much the t- uh, ticket I forget. I think it must, must have been about 10 bucks or something like that. But the pop, a large popcorn and a cider, a tiny 17-ounce cider, was $17. So, uh, mm. 
That's a lot of money. Anyways, back to the minions. Back to the minions. Back so, to the minions. Gets his guitar. He plays a Van Halen song. He smashes it. He gets a snow globe, which the queen originally gave to him as a goof because Kevin was going to prank Stuart because everybody... Stuart didn't get a lot of character development in this, and I'd like to see him get some more of that. Stuart's my favorite minion. I like him a lot. I think but, his lack of backstory gives him a sense of mystery that you can't find in the other minions. That's true. We, we know everything about Bob and Kevin, but Stuart's just sort of unknown quantity. And uh, that's there's something seductive about that. Um, so so he gets he gets a snow globe after he smashes his electric guitar. Um, and then Kevin becomes knighted, I guess. Uh, which, sure. Um, and then it is it's revealed that Scarlet was actually alive the whole time. She shows up and steals the crown. But then who stops her but a young group uh, who freezes her and then gets in his weird rocket car and then flies off. And the minions are like, boss! Yeah, they, yeah, they're like, boss. They really want <laughs> immediately won over by him. Uh, Bob does give his little tiny crown to Scarlet, though, while she's frozen in ice. Also, I think Herb died. Did Herb die? Well, because no, 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 she, was having trouble, she was having trouble breathing in the ice thing, and oh, you're Herb right. was in the ice. Yeah, yeah. Like, her face was just sticking out of the ice, and she was, like, having trouble breathing and talking. But Herb wasn't completely encased in ice, so he might be dead now. Yeah. Do we ever we see really Scarlet Overkill or Herb in the um, Despicable Me movies? No. Is this the origin and the end of these two? Well, there's. Uh, I guess they got they got sent to jail after this. They had. Uh, oh yeah, hun. Huh? Oh yeah, huh? They were criminals. Maybe they're like El Chapo. El Chapo. <laughs> they think the minions would follow El, El Chapo. They, yeah, the minions work for El Chapo. Yeah, they helped him get out <laughs> there and get on his motorcycle in the tall. <laughs> I can't believe we never thought of this before. What were we doing? I don't know. We were relaxing. Yeah, uh, so then during the credits, did you guys sit through all the credits? We did. It was cute. I sat for about half of them. Yeah. There was a a scene, just like a bunch of scenes of Gru and the minions as he's a, as he was a child, uh, sort of being him. There's a weird thing with a painting. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was actually Steve Carell doing the voice, uh, but it was. Also, they Uh, brought in an actual Japanese guy for the Sumo. Really? That's amazing. I thought it'd just be like a white dude being racist. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, this was a star-studded cast. You had Sandra Bullock as Scarlet Overkill, John Hamm as Herb, Michael Keaton. Well, Michael Keaton was in it? Michael Keaton was Walter Nelson. Oh, he was the dad. He was the bank-robbing dad. Cool. That's amazing. Allison Janney was uh, Matt, was the, uh, the mom in the bank-robbing family. Steve Coogan was the guy who killed himself and the old guard. <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey Rush was the narrator. Wasn't he in the Queen, the the uh, the King's speech or whatever? Yeah. Jennifer Saunders was the Queen, and then of course Steve Carell's young group. He's so an Academy Award winners. Yeah, I think this one won an Academy Award. It's going to get a lot of nominations. Oh, it's going to get the animated movie of the year. Uh, Big Hero Six already beat out. Uh, already beat the yeah. Movie yeah. So I don't know. Um, another thing that I so do you have any questions about? This I've got a few. Um, you go first, and I'll, I'll think of some. So, okay, there is a scene where the minions are crawling through the sewers, and at one point they pop their heads out of a manhole cover, and what is presumably the Beatles, it's it's on Abbey Road, and they're popping out of a manhole cover on Abbey Road, and then the Beatles step on their heads, and like because they're walking across it and doing their iconic picture. First question, I don't, was Abbey Road in 1968? Um... 
Well, I can look it up well, quickly. You can assume it took a few years after that, too. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when that album came out. I don't believe oh. it was 1968. It's 1969, so maybe if they just oh, wow. spent so a really long time on the cover. They could, have been, they could have been shooting that picture right then. Mm. Okay, never mind. That's that's totally accurate. I'm actually shocked. Um, uh, second, which one of the Beatles do you think the Minions would work for? Uh, mm. John Lennon. Yeah, yeah John Lennon. Evil. Yeah, he's the most evil, so they'd work for him. Okay. <laughs> that was an easy question. That was a gimmick. Uh, Y'all have any questions? Any sort of unanswered? Hold on, hold on. Remember in Paul McCartney, they're saying he, he, he died? Oh, yeah, Paul is dead. Yeah, at the end Paul's of Strawberry dead. Fields. And who's, who's the guy they think who took over for him? Oh, uh, Billy Shears. What if he's actually a minion? Yeah, what if Billy Shears is actually the minion and Paul McCartney died? I think that could be... I, I, I'm going to check these line stickers up in the center. These Paul McCartney line stickers. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's him. It's kind of difficult to tell because I don't really like looking at Paul McCartney or the Beatles because they kind of look like old lizard men. And they kind of scare me. So, I don't know. So, okay. So now we kind of raise a bunch of questions, I guess. Okay, so Minions have butts. That's in the poster. Oh, God. You don't know if they poop from the butts. But they have to. Why do they have to? Because they, be they eat food. They eat food. I'm, what I'm saying is... I mean, there's other Bananas what I'm saying, are full of fiber. What I'm saying, Monty, is it could be a cloaca. I, I, I can get with that. I can get with the cloaca. Theory with yes. minions, yeah. because they have to poop. Because you know, I'm thinking they must have internal genitalia if they have any genitalia at all, because so they they're immune to kicks. Yes, but we haven't established if they have genitalia after the earlier yeah. conversation. I, I don't think they do. Have it, I think so maybe they just have a butt. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I could buy that. So is that it? Was just minion butts and genitalia? Uh, it's not really a question, but. Did anybody else like the um the minion related covers they had as old songs? Like they had they had the monkeys song that it was being sang by minions. I thought that was amazing. Uh they apparently sang Revolution by the Beatles at some point. Mm. Well, they did sing. Oh yeah, I guess the minions did sing Revolution. I don't remember that happening, but that's fine. Which is uh, written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney if you want to add any fuel to the conspiracy. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. See, that just proves that Paul McCartney was killed. Um, oh, you know what? So, you remember when I compared that scene, uh, where the, the, uh, guards dancing and they had that hair and they were almost naked? That was a cover of hair from the musical Hair. Ah. So, there's that. Um, wow, this, this was really intricately crafted. I can't believe it. So maybe, did they really do, did they really play the Van Halen song at the end? Uh, yes, but it was just the opening guitar riff from, uh, from Hot for Teacher. Which is an appropriately horny song for Stuart to play, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so do you want to just do some reviews of it? What do you think? Yeah, what, what do you, uh, what, let's start with you, Lenore. What do you think of the movie? Um, well, when I was in the cinema, I considered giving it a five, but when I look back, I feel like I was being a little harsh on the Minions movie. I think I'd maybe give it a light seven, I think. It could have been improved with um, more Minion-related covers, maybe if we got a bit more backstory on Stuart, as we were saying. Yes. I think that's about it. Things like the Minion movie, it um, it was nicely dark. It wasn't. It didn't feel like a, it, it was a kid's movie, but it didn't feel like a kid's movie. It was like, I felt like I got some things out of it, some kid's movie. You know, like those mm. old... 
banjo games where there's dick jokes and stuff and kids didn't get it, but you know, adults got it. I was really afraid that I wouldn't laugh for the, for the entire movie. But I actually did oh, wow. laugh quite a bunch, so. Yes. It was a funny movie. They did a lot of dumb things where like, yeah, like when people died, I laughed every time someone died. Mm. I laughed a lot of the times just when the minions were just talking. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Also, this stressed me out kind of because it's weird watching a movie where like you don't know what the, what they're saying. Especially since, you know, we watch anime, so, you know, when you hear stuff we don't understand, you're looking at them, you got, you got the subtitles. And the means, you don't get that. You know what, something that kept on happening is I would catch little bits of Spanish or other languages that the minions would say, and there were some people behind me that also spoke Spanish, and they kept on nudging themselves and repeating the words that the minions would say every time they said a word in Spanish. I did that, that but with French. With French, yeah, okay. I think and there was... There was like something for everyone in that movie, speech wise. It was. I think also, the mini started feel. speaking at the beginning, at the like before, like they're in the dinosaurs. Like as soon as yeah, they, they had these, they had their weird jumbled language. Then, do you think the minions are the progenitor of all language? I yeah. Think so. so here's something to think about: the Tower of Babel from the Bible, where where he mixed up everybody's languages or whatever. God did this as his vengeance upon people for building this big tower or whatever. I don't really know how the story goes, but do you think the minions related to that? Completely. Yeah, I think so. They, 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 maybe they've taken that upon themselves, and that's how they speak a weird, crazy language mixture. I don't know. It's very strange. Well, what's your review of the movie, real quick, Alan? Oh, well, we'll give it a score, Monty. You okay. like it? Lenore said five out of ten. First time, seven out of ten. I'll give it. I'll give it seven out of ten. I'll give it seven out of ten. Mm. I liked it. A, I'll give it. I think I'm gonna give it eight because I really did enjoy it. You liked it more than I did, which is surprising. Yes, I didn't. I expected this to be a lot like Paul Blart. Which is something where I, the only time I laughed in that movie was at the very beginning where it was revealed that Paul Blart's wife uh, divorced him after like six days because she couldn't stop throwing up. And then his, his mother got hit by a milk truck and died. Um, and that all happened within like the span of two minutes. And then a child in a mall was like made fun of him, like kicked him in the nuts or something. And I was wondering like, this can't be real. I might be dead. This seems like this can't be a real thing that someone put in a movie. And I just started laughing out of like terror, like out of sort of existential terror. <laughs> but, but this one I actually genuinely laughed and enjoyed myself. And my brother kept on looking at me because I'd be trying to stifle a laugh or something like that and giving me a weird look because he's like, this isn't really that funny. But I thought it was pretty funny. My like, friends were really not happy with me for sincerely laughing during the Minions movie. But I figure if you spend forty pounds on a movie, you, you've got to be there to enjoy it. You've got to give it a chance in your head. That's how I felt. Yeah, I, I did the same thing for um, Fifty Shades of Grey. So I had to buy two tickets and my own ticket, and then bought the bought myself snacks and all that. You saw Fifty so Shades you, of Grey? I did. I saw wow. It in theaters. Didn't that didn't have the tampon scene in that, or was that just in the book? No tampon scene. Uh. Um, I also saw Forty Seven Ronin in theaters with my friends, and also um, Godzilla. Okay. Or Sam Ronan's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, I watch a lot of bad movies, but I'm usually drunk while watching them. And also, I watch them in the privacy of my own home. Mm. But, uh, but this I really enjoyed. I think this, I think, and I'm really excited for Pixels coming up this Friday. No. Oh, are you really going to go to Pixels? I'm definitely going to see Pixels because it's part of the Paul Blart cinematic universe. <laughs> uh, so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, I think there, the things you got, the points you guys raised, I agree with. There's some de definite things they could have improved on, and I think they should address in the sequel. But I thought it was a good family film that everybody could enjoy. Right. Really 
I've thought of one question. We were talking about minion language, right? Mm-hmm. What is going to happen when minions get inevitably dubbed into other languages? What are they going to do to the minion speech? Are they going to leave it the same way? Uh, you're not the first people I've asked about this. It lingers on my mind. Because I believe the, the guy who created the minions is, is a native French speaker. Ah. So um, I, I guess, I mean, at, at the very least in France, it would probably be the same. And it's here in English-speaking countries is the same. I don't know. I think, have you ever thought about that maybe, that maybe minions are kind of like the pit bull of their universe because they're sort of worldwide and international? Yes. Mm. Yes. Also, I think cap- so. also capitalism. Also, well, that's, I think there's a fan question that might address that later. Uh, but I, so I think we all were pretty positive. Go see the minions if you haven't. It's a great movie. So I got a thing I've been talking about. So with the whole Hitler thing. Hitler. So they, yeah. would, I think they would join Hitler. If they weren't hidden in the cave, scared. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would have joined Hitler, or do you think they would have joined the United States? And I, I, I think, I think because Hitler. Uh, well, are you saying that both of them are both evils, but they, they would just pick one randomly, or well, they just pick the villain. They just pick the boss guy. I guess villains. They stick towards villains. The thing is, if they had, if they had worked for Hitler, they would have killed him before he did anything bad. There's the thing because they're yeah. The mm. Egyptian pharaoh wasn't really a villain, and neither was the. the the Egyptian pharaoh owned slaves, so there's that. True, true, yeah. The caveman, I don't know what his deal was. He wasn't, didn't seem like he was that bad of a guy. Also, the, the dinosaur's the not the bad guy. Is Napoleon a bad guy? Uh, depends on who you ask, I guess. Yeah. He was sort of, uh, I mean, I've, really, when you talk about monarchs of that age, I guess all of them are pretty bad. And if they, but, if they joined Hitler, they would have killed Hitler. That's established, because they killed Hitler. That's everybody. the thing. Yeah, they'd be, well, how do we know that they didn't, though, in the real world? Yeah, I, I I think they probably would have joined Hitler and killed him. What if the Minions franchise? What if the Minions franchise continues to the point where um they start making crossovers and the Minions work for Paul Blart? Would you go and see that? Well, if they work for Paul Blart, yeah. See, the thing is, I don't know if they'd ever work for Paul Blart because he's a force of good in the mall. Yeah. But maybe maybe he has enough at some point. Maybe he becomes a jaded individual. <laughs> It's true. I hinted at in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, so I could see where you're going with that. Mm. Sure. Does he get the girl at the end of that movie? Oh, at the very end of the movie, he meets a a, a lady Blart, uh, who basically looks identically like him, but but has long hair and rides a horse. Wow. Uh, like, yes. like that, like that um, Bugs Bunny episode where he rides the... He, Bugs Bunny dressed like a girl. Oh, yes. This is oh, is that movie. the opera one? Yeah. Wow. I think he does that a lot. It's very erotic. Um, but so at the end of Paul Blart, uh, he meets a horse cop lady in LA. She gives him a ticket and then he tries to walk up to the horse, but the horse kicks him and he winds up flying into a car and denting it, uh, <laughs> and somehow survives this. And then she like writes, she like gives him her number and they presumably will go on a date in the future. And, uh, I guess she will be in the next, the next mall cop uh, movie, but that's how that ends. Uh, so this, I don't this know. Ain't, this ain't the Paul Blart cast. This ain't the Blart cast. This is this is Minions on Fleet. <laughs> so, speaking of Minions, I do have a fan fiction that I've sent both of you that I believe we should start reading now, if you don't mind clicking that link. Ah. Uh. Yes. This is, uh, it, there's a lot of Minion fan fiction out there. A lot of crossovers with James Bond, I've found. Um, which I'm not really sure why that exists, because who cares about James Bond? And also, he's not a bad guy. It's, or maybe he is. I don't know. He works for the government. Okay, so in the canon of the Minions movie. Oh, I know Gru is in this, so never mind. Oh. Uh, yes, this takes place post-Gru. 
a PG, if you will. Um, so, yes. Uh, I believe, uh, Monty, you're going to read for Stuart. I will be Kevin. Lenore, you're the narrator. Uh, the description of this is, this is titled Hot Water. Uh, it is, while Stuart is relaxing in the jacuzzi, someone else decides to relax with him. Uh, Steven, uh, is what it's tagged as. Uh, warning, Lemon, Yowie, and Incest, Minions, written in English. So pretend that the, the Minions are speaking English for our, our convenience. Uh, they're really speaking Minions. Yeah. Uh, so if you'll go ahead whenever you're ready, Lola. Okay. Before I say anything, can I just comment on the fact that you have the image of, um, is it Kevin? And it says, I make the rules <laughs> next to it. <laughs> I'm glad that's what they chose to accompany the fan fiction. Anyway. <laughs> Stuart walked tiredly towards the new jacuzzi room, each step feeling heavier than the last. He reached the door, opened it, and walked through. He slid his overalls off, the denim clothes falling to the floor. The only remaining piece of clothing still being worn was his favourite red thong. Stuart lowered himself in the hot, bubbly water, quickly relieving him of the aches in his muscles. After, after the day he experienced, this was exactly what he needed. This is great. I deserve this. As he relaxed, his mind wandered. He thought over the day in his head. He, Kevin, and Bob had to steal some stuff for the new boss, Bologna Screw. For a kid, he sure wanted a lot of things. Well, more so than most kids. Since the minions lived with him, Gru made sure that the unicellular henchmen had a, an acceptable living space. He, along with the minions, had worked together to make a bedroom in a house that would accommodate their living needs. Eventually, they made more rooms, the jacuzzi room being one of them. I like how this clearly has been inspired by the minions film. You can see that in the writing. This is, yeah. this is, a, this is a direct sequel to it. It's like yeah, a couple yeah. years yeah. after this. It's mm. basically the minions, too. Remember when young crew threatened to kill <laughs> Lil Wayne? <laughs> Him and Birdman? Okay. The one-eyed minion smiled. He and his brothers have found a new boss that they haven't killed yet, or vice versa. His train. So wait, hold on. So minions have been killed by bosses before? Oh um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This, this is a canon. I don't. Okay. I don't. This is a canon, alright. His train of thought was interrupted when he felt something splash a bit in the water. He opened his eye and saw one of his older brothers. Hey, Kevin. He said, a bit irritated that his time alone had been interrupted. Hey, little bro. Kevin smiled, wrapping an arm around him. Stuart groaned in annoyance. What do you want? What? I can't spend any time with my little brother? The smaller minion rolled his eye. Why are you here? Just for a little R&R. &R. The taller minion said. Well, go somewhere else. This is my place. Now why would I do that? Kevin asked. I'm already in here. I don't care. Just go. No. As the leader of the tribe, and as your older brother, I command you to let me stay. Stuart groaned louder, expressing his annoyance. Fine, just shut up and leave me be. Stuart scrammed out of Kevin's grasp. Kevin smirked at the response. The short minion leaned back and closed his eye, attempting to regain his peace and tranquility. Kevin looked at his teenage brother, a devious thought appearing in his brain. The older minion scooted closer to Stuart and used his hand to cup his younger brother's face, gently kissing him. Stuart's eye shut wide open as he pushed Kevin back. What the hell was that for? Just drawing something. Kevin said, the devious look never waning. He ran his ungloved hand down, his, down to his brother's leg, slowly rubbing it through the bubbly water, grabbing a piece of fabric and trying to pull it off of Stuart as, 
as he grabbed Kevin's arm. Stop. Why? What do you mean, why? Stuart asked. I don't want this. <laughs> Come on. Kevin said, ripping the song off of his little brother. I know you. You want this. The older minion leaned in and kissed Stuart again. This time he deepened the kiss, sliding his tongue through the wet cabin that served as Stuart's mouth. He, he grabbed a hold of the smaller minion's smaller minion's cock and started to oh could you Jesus Christ. Um Can I can I just have one of the speaking roles? I'm really sorry, it's just that my parents were upstairs and I really don't want them to hear me reading minion porn. Okay, I can do this. I'm really sorry. He, okay, you were Kevin now. Uh, he grabbed a hold of the smaller minion's cock and started to pump him, his member getting harder by the second. Stuart let out a moan, mentally cursing himself for liking this. Kevin pulled back and smirked. Told you. Oh, sh- shut up. Kevin pulled his hands back, causing Stuart to growl slightly from the loss of contact. He lifted him onto the tile and spread Stuart's legs. He slowly licked his brother's member from base to tip. The short unicellular henchman groaned in pleasure. Not caring if Kevin heard. Kim was all he could say. <laughs> Kevin slowly slid Stuart's four and a half inch cock into his mouth and sucked. He slid his tongue around the head, applying pressure at certain points. Stuart grabbed Kevin's head and pulled his hair roughly while thrusting forcibly into his mouth. Kevin groaned from the roughness, sending small vibrations through Stuart's rod. Rod Stuart. Rod Stuart. Oh. <laughs> uh, little spurts of pre cum that dripping down his throat. Kevin sucked harder, hoping to bring him over the edge. Grr, Kevin, I'm gonna... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, come on, Lockie. You can give a better Put some passion uh, into it. Uh, come on, okay. Well, he screamed as he came. That wasn't a scream. Ah! <laughs> okay, uh, painting Kevin's throat white. Uh, <laughs> Kevin swallowed all of the bitter liquid and got it out of the jacuzzi. Stuart was panting heavily as he was pinned down on his back. Uh... Stuart took in, in the side of Kevin's nude body hovering over him. Little water droplets sliding off him. Stuart's face lit up from the intense heat as they locked eyes with each other. And he read her, and you'd think he was sunburned. While no words were spoken at the moment, their eyes said it all. Kevin stuck two of his fingers into his mouth and slid his tongue around them, coating them with saliva. He took them out and prodded Stuart's entrance with one, before sliding one through the tight ring of muscle, causing Stuart to groan in a mixture of pleasure and pain. Now, now take take note that it said entrance. We don't know what it is. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Kevin slid it through his younger sibling's hole, thrusting it in and out. A minute later, he added in the second finger. He scissored his fingers, stretching them as much as he could. He withdrew them moments later. Kevin prodded his neglected cock against the smaller male's twitching hole and looked for looked Stuart for approval. Stuart nodded, and Kevin slowly slid his five and a half inch well, So okay. There is, yes. There was a little bit, it was a little bit touch and go at the beginning. Yeah, but it was uncomfortable, but, but now it's, it's, I don't know. This might be a role play, we don't know. Um, uh, Stuart nodded and Kevin slowly slid his five and a half inch member inside. He kept pushing until he was at the hilt. I'm glad that we know the exact lengths. Oh god, I was just thinking that. The yes. attention to detail here. <laughs> this is some F. Scott Fitzgerald type shit. This is really detailed. Every single word has been chosen specifically. Uh, Kevin pulled out about halfway, then slammed against the smaller body, eliciting moans of ecstasy from both of them. Hold on, I'll be Kevin kept. What? And my dad's calling. 
Okay. What do you think what a moaning minion sounds like? A groaning minion? Well, they already sound very high-pitched, don't they? Yeah, I don't know what it would sound like. I don't think I could do it justice. You don't I'm think about it? I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> but I don't know what it would sound like. There's a thunderstorm outside, and I hope, I hope a bolt of lightning comes in here and kills me. I want this to be some sort of divine retribution for this crime that I'm committing. I think God is fighting back against us. I think so. Let's see. I'm gonna... Monty, are you back? Okay. <laughs> oh dear, I lost, I lost my... Oh no, no, I'm good. Kevin pulled out halfway. Kevin pulled out about halfway and slammed against a smaller body, eliciting moans of ecstasy from both of them. Kevin kept doing this until he worked up a rhythm. Fuck. Kevin moaned out. You're so tight. <laughs> Stuart was going crazy from the wonderful feeling of being penetrated. Every throb, every vein, he could feel everything. Which sent more sparks of arousal straight to his cock. <laughs> That's a weird way of phrasing it, but okay. Okay. I get it. Harder. He cried out. Faster. Stronger, yes, at that point. Uh, <laughs> Did so and increased his speed while he pounded his speed. Uh, his tight little head. Uh, gripped Kevin's head, which won, and pulled him into a deep and passionate kiss. Their tongues danced around each other as they fought for dominance. Soon, the two brothers both felt their warm, the warm sensation in the pit of their stomachs, signaling that their release was close. They parted for air, a string of saliva connecting their tongues together. For the final moan, they came. Kevin's hot seed filled Stuart to the brim, while Stuart pa- painted his and Kevin's stomachs white. Kevin rolled over beside, uh, Kevin rolled over beside two panted, trying to reclaim their breath. Well, Stuart that began. Some- that was something. Yeah. Kevin agreed, turning over to face Stuart. That was fun and very relaxing. Yeah. Stuart averted his, his gaze from his brother and silently whispered, Thanks. Kevin smiled. No problem. Told you, you wanted it. Stuart rolled his eye in mock annoyance, causing Kevin to laugh. Smaller brother got up and grabbed a towel, throwing it at Kevin. Dry off. We should go before everyone suspects something. Two dried off and got dressed. As they were heading out the door, Stuart groaned a little in pain. What's wrong? Kevin asked, concerned. You... Stuart accused, <laughs> rubbing his butt. You were too rough. Kevin laughed. He said harder. Let that be payback for pulling my hair. He rubbed the top of his head. At least you can walk normally with your head hurting. Stuart said, pouting. Help. Kevin rolled his eyes. He picked up Stuart and started carrying him bridal style. Better? Stuart looked away and crossed his arms, still pouting. Height. <laughs> <laughs> Good. He replied, kissing the top of his little brother's head. Why did you say hi? <laughs> hi, Kevin Sam. Now, it is conceivable that the minions, knowing many different languages, could have actually said hi at that point in many minions. The passion for Seven really showed in that text. I've got to say. There's a bit of non-con at the beginning, which I wasn't too, I thought was a bit upsetting and disturbing and I'm not a big fan of. But the rest of it I thought was very passionate. It was pretty passionate. Oh, actual love. Can I just, can I just recommend that before you leave, you read the comments. I mean, the reviews for this. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't actually looked at this. Yeah, how do I get to this? Oh, oh, man. How did I miss this? Okay, let's see. Uh, Lenore, can you read the first one? Oh, um, my god. Why? Just why? Oh, that's a pretty good Okay, I got three of these. Hi. Oh, dear. Minion Lover 69. <laughs> I mean, that's me. Uh, I just left that one. All right. Uh, do you want to go ahead and jump into fan questions now before we wrap this thing up? Okay. Okay. So, Monty, you, you put out a call for questions. Let's see what who, uh, okay. who, who took the bait. Are the minions a champion or a parody the working man Marks described? Yes, this is something I believe we've talked about before. Mm. So, uh, I think I think you've probably got the, the strongest opinion on this, Monty. You, you, you posited a theory. And... Okay, I think, in general, the minions, as a franchise, uh, Marks would hate it, because capitalism. Yes. Yeah. The minions... Are you know the working class? They work for you know. Scarlet Overkill is a is a member of the bourgeoisie. The minions themselves are are uh, obviously the proletariat. Yeah, uh, they have no means of production themselves. So I think although Karl Marx would disagree with the minions franchise and the gross commercialism behind that, he would agree with the minions themselves. I think he yeah. could align himself with that kind of story. Definitely. Definitely, it's a it's a it's sort of the um. What is it? The the weird pendulum of time that he was always talking about, or something like that. I think yeah, something that was a Twitter user anonymous egg. Also, yes. late. If two minions were on the moon and one minion killed the other, would that be fucked up or what? Well, minions can't die. I I think it would be fucked up because we're not expecting minions to die. Because we have this yeah. idea that minions yeah, that cannot die, and they're like, well, what if they had helmets on and they can't? They like they asphyxiate, and so if they hit another one in the head with the rock, it shatter their helmet. And maybe they'd, like, die that way. Like in, um... Okay. Come to think of it, minions have lived in the Antarctica. I don't think... I don't think they had coats when they were in the Antarctica. They, uh... No, they did. They had have coats. Leather coats, which... Oh. Did they hunt? Did they hunt and kill other animals? They so, they're sensitive to temperature, so they would probably care about oxygen as well. Probably. I think you're right. I was about to bring that up earlier. The mm. minions might, maybe the only way they can die is if they, they asphyxiate or they freeze to death or something. Uh, okay, I got a bunch of other questions. I sure, got sure. Around. Okay. We're answering all of them. Okay, Twitter user Kaoru Nagisa. If the minions are shown making romantic advances towards yellow fire hydrants, do you think they're romance? They romance? Well, Stuart, for sure, yeah. Stuart's a romantic. He's a real Casanova. Mm. I think so. No problem uh, there. I mean, no argument. The question has two parts. Do you think they romance each other? And if so, are they gay? Hmm. They're all they're all male, presumably. You do. You do have like that one minion who isn't part of the main cast, but he gets like he shows up and um, he gets hugged by one of the minions in like two parts of the movie. Says his name every time he shows up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I thought it was touching. Also, something I liked about it is that um, the Despicable Me movies were also in the cave. So, you know, this is freedom. Really? Yeah. Because Bob wasn't a... <coughs> in the movies. Yeah, but I think Stuart was. Stuart. I, I know Kevin was in the second one. Huh. I don't think Stuart was either. Maybe he was. He was a part. Yeah. They take a back seat. They've done enough. They've had their fun. Yeah. Uh, at Socks Mahoney asked, which minions would you most likely sit down and have a beer with? Stuart. Stuart. Yeah, it's gotta be Stuart. You think you could out drink a minion? You think you could drink a minion under the table? His minions already drink. He drinks for sure. At least he drinks. He drinks. Stuart does drink. I think. 
I think I would keep drinking until the minion had pity on me and decided to pretend that they had had enough. Because yeah. who's the best minion? I'm partial to Bob. I like Bob. Your Bob, your your two are Bobbies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Stuart first. I I think I want to like Stuart more, but I don't think there's enough there. I think Stuart is a valid choice. Definitely. It's a valid choice. I just wish I, I he didn't get enough development for me to really commit. You know what I mean? I yeah. If there was like another minion movie and it was Stuart centric, then I could probably say that. But I really do like his whole attitude. Bob was kind of the main character in the minions movie. Think about it. He kind of was. I mean, you'd think it'd be Kevin because he's the leader, but Bob was sort of the emotional core. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question at Sarah Favorite ships. Stevan. Kevin. Stevan, you're you're Stevan fan. Yeah. I think I'm Stevan. Stevan's a good ship. I ship Scarlet Overkill and Queen Elizabeth. Oh, oh Minion Yuri. It's very nice. Yes. <laughs> well, they're not really minions, but they're in the mini movie, so I will allow do, that as minions. Do you think they're. Mm. I, I saw, did you, do you follow, like, Kaoru Nagisa? Yeah, I, I think so. Did you see their minion OC where the minions are pink and they're, like, girl oh, kind of minions? Yeah, yeah. I, I can get down with that. They're all gay. It's pretty good. Oh, no, and yeah, Minion Yuri would be good. What about Yuri, Minion, Arashi? Um, oh, wow. An alternate, uh, sometime in the future, there's a wall of severance that's built between us and the Minions. Shock! And, banana shock! I'm just, I'm picturing the opening music but with, like, Minions twirling around in costumes. It's really something. Oh, oh, yeah. The Minion, oh, that's, so what would, what would represent a banana? It would be an unpeeling banana instead of, instead of a flower. Okay. <laughs> Remember the at the end where the min- the not the minion the bears dancing to the ending theme? Yeah. yeah. That was Bob. Uh, he does have the bear. He does have a teddy bear. Huh. Maybe yeah. they're connected. I won't back so, down on evil. Yeah. Which also makes Utena connected to it. Mm. Yes. Remember that one time that one of the minions turned into a car? Uh oh, yeah. Uh okay, let's see. What else do we have here? Are minions a species? If they yes. are species. Yeah. Why do they have different numbers of eyes? Is this a subspecies? I think this is genetic diversity. I think yeah. mutations are always possible. It's not a big deal. I, I don't think so. Especially since they, they had like one eye when they were like single-celled organisms or something. Yeah, Maybe that's why. But the thing, why do you think there's only minions with two eyes? Why aren't there more of like three, eight? Going to some like Steven Universe stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if the minions fused together and they had like ten eyes? How cool would that be? What's your minion soda, soda, by the way, guys? Mm. Mine is kind of half minion, half demon. Um, their eyes change color according to their mood. Sometimes they're, they're usually purple is at default, though. But one of them has, like, um, it's like one purple, one red, usually. Kind of like Bob, but more colorful. I haven't really... Name, yeah. What's her name? Uh, let me think. Ebony. Mm, that's good. I have a couple years on. I got it. Mine is uh, named Ziggy, and they also have a um, they also have a one eye that's a different color than the other. I see a lot of scarring. And basically, they're um, they're David Bowie from Ziggy Stardust. It's but as a minion. minion. Nice. And my minion OC that uh, um, uh, <laughs> okay he has they have red eyes, and it's um, it's kind of like um, it's a good way to describe it. If you ever watched the Yu Yu Hockey show, Hiei has all those eyes all over his body. Like, it's kind of like that. So the minions have infinite eyes. 
all around the body. And they have a sword, and his name is um, Suzaku. I should put your name in my menu. Nice, good yaoi minions. Yeah, well, mine isn't really yaoi. It's it's more of a hat pairing. But okay. I ship I ship my minions with the actual David Bowie. Nice. All right, last question: What's your favorite scene in the movie and why? And you have to give a real answer. Um, I think I've said that, but my favorite scene would be the crime beginning, or the, the crime scene where they're robbing a bank. I like when they killed the cops. I think that's my favorite scene. I like, I like the scene where they were all um, dancing to hair, and you had like um, the really like long-haired police people or the guards or whatever. Yes, yes. That was the moment where I thought that maybe I would have a good time watching that movie. Oh yeah, I guess I like the the herb part where they're in the torturing dungeon. I think that might. Be yeah, cool. that's that's really good. I like where that. Where like the blonic thing was like, oh, Maxi Blurb. Oh, that was pretty good too. And then they like, he's like, my own original character, Blurb. <laughs> And then they, yeah, they just took selfies and tried to kill the minions and they did, never died. Yeah, he put them in the like, weird stretchy thing. Their arms, their legs stretched. Is weird. And then they like played around on a noose and were like sliding around and stuff. It was, what was he taking selfies with? Is it Polaroid? Yeah. Uh, oh, we have one more question. Uh, let's see. What was your favorite outfit the minions have worn in the movies or just that you've seen around? Why? I'm a big fan of the minion in the maid dress. Anyone a fong kind of person? I like the vampire minions. Vampire minions. What do you say, Laura? Nothing. Um, oh, no. she oh, like, oh, I like the one minion that uh, Norbert or whatever that uh, walked out of the ocean wearing uh, wearing starfish on where his nipples would normally be, but he doesn't have chocolate them. starfish. Keep on rolling, baby. <laughs> Well, now, okay, hold on. How about this? Do you think the minions would work for Fred Durst? Yes. Bong rolling. Put, put your hands up. <laughs> put, put your hands up. That's, the, that's, the, that's our music for the show. That can be the, the outro. That's mm. the outro. That's going to be the outro. So you think we finished up? I think we answered all the questions. I can't imagine anybody would ever have any more questions about minions after this. I think this, movie, mm. I think this podcast is as long as the minions movie. I think it was. Because <laughs> we recapped it, we read a beautiful story. We talked about our feelings. We got real. Yeah. It's right, been then. a journey. Yes. It's been a journey. And uh, should we do one for Minions 2? Yeah. We will, we will get together and do this for Minions 2. Because it will all, it will definitely happen. We'll be older. So, let's, just, well, let's just travel to London and watch it. Yeah, let's go wherever the, wherever the world premiere is. Let's make a commitment now. That we will tra- travel to where it is and we will watch it there. It'll be kind of like okay. where we travel the world to watch the Minions movie. Um, are you yeah, guys aware of... I know it's like kind of implied, but Despicable Me Free, because that also seems to be a thing, if the minions are in it. Oh, no. Well, I'm not really into Despicable Me as much as I am into the minions, but mm. I can get down with that. Check out Despicable Me. I think you'll like that. Really? Okay, so that's your recommendation. For yeah, just check out Despicable Me. They're actually decent. Nice. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, Despicable Me 3, June 30th, 2017. Yeah. All right. Yeah, hi. I guess we're going to have to do this then. <laughs> See y'all in 2017. Don't die. Yeah, see ya. Peace out. See ya.